You're listening to a Sin podcast. You can listen to this show live by tuning your radio to 90.7 or online at sin.org.au. You're listening to a Sin podcast. You can listen to this show live by tuning your radio to 90.7 or online at sin.org.au. Sin acknowledges and pays respect to the owners of the land on which the House of Sin and Studios stand, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. Sin also acknowledges and pays respect to the elders and traditional owners of the land our content reaches, as well as the radio stations we broadcast from across the country. Kids should go to school. That's what we're committed to. Represent. You're listening to Represent. Welcome back to Represent. Give it a while. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. I think over, probably over a month probably now. Probably around a month. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Good to see you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I know. What are we all talking about this week? I'm talking about COVID. I'm talking about Sri Lanka. And I'll be talking about the foot and mouth disease that's mm. coming in Indonesia. Yeah. Sorry. We've also got Zane joining us. Well, he might just be listening. Maybe. He's our newest member. He's our newest. Yeah, we've finally recruited <laughs> someone after six months. You make it's it sound crazy. like a bad thing. Oh, I don't think it's a bad thing. I just think it's bad that it's taken so long. Yeah. Dynamic changes, but in a good way. Fresh yeah. new ideas, apart from these old ideas I'm getting from you guys every week. <laughs> New perspective. Wait, we're full of new ideas. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We're like the young. We're bringing the, the young hip opinions because you're so oh, old yeah. and wise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Are you excited to? George is going to the game tonight. The yeah. Soccer game. The soccer game. Manchester. Manchester United. Yes, I'm going. Yeah. Should be good. Who's I, I was just. Win? I mean, obviously, Manchester United. <laughs> it was a lot of people. I was just saying before, like, there's a lot of people in the city now. Um, just walking from Melbourne Central, I, I went past like Rebel Sport that just opens up there, and it is absolutely pumping in there. Yeah, it so would be like, actually. The sea of red is surrounding Melbourne right now. All right, well, well let's get yeah. into our first song, and then we might go into just all the latest COVID buzz, really. <laughs> All right, let's get straight into it. So I know you guys talked a bit about COVID last week, so I don't want to repeat myself, but I did listen to the episode, so hopefully I won't. Um, But I want to focus on rats. A bit of rats, a bit of where is this vaccine, this Omicron vaccine, where is it? And, you know, a bit about complacency. Which I always love saying that word because it reminds me of like your high school teacher. Mm. Do you feel like they're always You like, can't be complacent yeah, with this subject. It's showing complacency. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Anyway. <laughs> so basically I was reading this really interesting article in the ABC about how there's like a rise of false negatives from rats. And how, um, in this particular article, the family that was being interviewed, um, 
the father had to come into work because even though he felt sick because he had a negative rat result. And their kids still went to kindergarten because even though they felt sick, they had a negative rat. Um, so I think it's kind of like, I mean, I think about the fact, like even personally, like I think you're at a bit of a, I think personally that I'm at a bit of a loss with like, are you <laughs> when you're like, your gut is telling you, cause I kind of feel like we've all had COVID in this room yeah. mm-hmm. and I feel like when you got it, do you agree that you just knew it was COVID? Like it feels different to being a different type of sickness. I knew it was COVID. Yeah. I sort of, I mean. I wasn't the first one in the house to get it, so I knew it was. Yeah, I was the first um, ones. But I just was like, no, this is COVID. When I get a cold now after having COVID, I'm like, this isn't COVID. Yeah. And I do a rat and it's negative and I'm like, okay. Do you get what I mean? No, like I, f- I disagree. No. Like, I feel I, like it's so distinct. Really? I yeah. thought when I had it, it was like, I couldn't differentiate that from a cold. Oh, really? Not mm. to be like, you know, a minimizer of what COVID is, but like, I, like, I had the exact same, like, symptoms, basically, and it's just maybe, like, the night sweats that got me really bad. Mm. Maybe that was the one difference from, like, a cold, but I think, like, mm. I wouldn't know the difference if I had COVID now, like... No, yeah. really. Well, no, I had very I just different feel symptoms. like, yeah, I just, it just <laughs> felt different. But, like, my point with kind of making this was I feel like in your gut you kind of know that, like, this is COVID. Yeah, I think there's a level of, like... Gut, gut instinct, instinct. Um, especially if you've been exposed or like you're at a kindergarten or a daycare or a school you kind of like yeah it's probably yeah. COVID but I think I mean the kind of reliance on rats as a thing is a bit weird like isn't it better to just say if you're sick don't come in just in general but I think that like I'm not sure what it would be like in more like you know, more uh, workplaces that go by salary and not, like, hourly yeah. rates. But yeah. I know personally that when I call in sick to work, like, or when I thought I've had COVID bef- in the past and I haven't actually had it, that they're still, like, no, come in. Like, I've been yeah. sick and yeah. I've been, like, I've got a negative rap, but I feel <laughs> sick and my boss will be like, no, nah, just come in. Like, There's a lot care. of pressure in casualised yeah. work to mm-hmm. not that the team down per se, but, yeah, yeah. it's that balancing of what... That being said, like, the, the new payments for casual workers... Um, I think it's 38 hours for the year for casual workers who get sick leave now. Um, so, like, maybe that helps a little bit. But, yeah, at the same time, there's definitely, like, pressure from higher-ups at your job to come in even when you're a bit sick. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree. And I think um, with, like, even today they were taught the um, Susan Lay, the, op- the acting opposition leader, wants to bring back the um, pandemic payments. That was really bizarre for me. The it was fact- bizarre. Did you hear the interview on Radio National Breakfast? She no. was going into her. It was so intense. Really? I was like, yeah, she was full, like, she was like, um, she was like, I just think you're playing, um, like, who oppositional politics. To? Susan Lay? Yeah, I, I don't remember oh, the woman on the Radio National. The interviewer was yeah. saying that. Okay. Yeah. And she was like, I just think you're playing, like, oppositional politics. Like, exactly. Well, that is the job way. of the opposition. In yeah, fairness. but she t- they took it away and now they want to bring it back. Like, yeah. she was really hard on her and Susan Lay was like, oh, um, it's all Hang about on. context. I mean, it's true. Like It was really intense. I think taking it away is one of the worst things that yeah. they've done. Like, I, I agree, but how do the... How does the <laughs> How does the opposition have the audacity to say that after it was Labor that was pushing for the disaster payments while they were in power? And, like, it wouldn't have gone forward unless Labor Labor had pushed for it. it. Like, Mm. the opposition were more than happy for it to... Well, I don't know if more than happy, but, like, they weren't the ones initiating any of this. It's Mm. just... 
that's just opposition politics. Yeah. Um, that's really bizarre to me that. After it all that happened, bizarre. and don't get me wrong, I fully agree that it should be reinstated. I think they should um, be reinstated, but I think that like when it like they're obviously just playing a game. Like why yeah. they want it reinstated? Yeah, is, like, yeah, political, it is political. Not, like, no. yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, but um, <clears throat> hopefully um, Anthony Albanese will reinstate them. But we've, I mean, I kind of had a few more questions. What do you think? they will do if obviously these rats aren't working as well is there an alternative will we have like really um overrun pcr testing systems again like i think we'll probably just end up with less testing i don't think people are kind of willing to wait for as long as it takes Mm. to get pcr results back Mm. so i think that if you get a negative rat you'll just kind of have to take it and go from there it's shifted as the key like mm. way of testing, but um, I guess rats are, are useful even if they do give you the false negative. Um, it's it still like implies that you're not contagious if you get a mm. negative. So there's a bit of assistance with that, I guess. But um, but yeah, and if you're positive, obviously like you stay home. But so you don't really think there's a new problem with the rats. I think it's... I feel like you're setting us up here for... I'm just wondering, because the ABC article was so intense, they were like, you know, we need to be more conscious of, like, and something needs to be done. I think, yeah. Whereas you guys are kind of, like, a bit more on the fence, a bit more on the side of, like, well, what can you do? I kind of, yeah, I kind of think it's so out of control right now that I just, I don't know. The accessibility of it is way more important. Like, that... You know, the 24 hours that it takes for the PCR test compared to the 15 minutes of the right test yeah. is pretty critical. I think one of the bigger problems of it all is actually people reporting their positive rights. Um, because I don't Do think it's... Do you think people are under-reporting? Oh, 100%. Mm. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think many people are reporting in general. I think what we're getting is a far... Like, it's already lower than it would be. Um, like, with people, not everyone testing the same way it was, you know, throughout all lockdowns. Um, but then to top it off, like, I don't even think it's not really publicized or, you know, advertised that you have to actually upload your status. Mm. Yeah. I think they've kind Unless of you want to get that $750 payment and that's like, yeah, yeah it's the only and then you can lie about it or whatever, but that's another thing. <laughs> well, um, I was going to say, well, a lot of people I know are not condoning this, but like a lot of people I know are more on the tangent now of like, if they get a positive, they'll stay in isolation but they'll keep testing until they're negative and then they'll leave, even if, even if that's before seven days. Well, I've I had actually, a few friends do that. I had, um, we had a bit of an outbreak in my year level after our formal and a girl got it and came in on the Monday after formal, maybe the Tuesday, because she'd had a negative rat. Yeah, and well, the, I've I had was a few like, friends who've done that. I was like, you have COVID, girl, go home. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a bit- but I think that was unintentional. That was just because of bad messaging for her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some of mine are, well, one of mine was because of the casual. He was like, I don't mm. care. He was like, I'm not getting paid, so yeah. I'm going to go to work. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think that um, the way that the Morrison government made COVID so, like about living with the pandemic and like it being a personal responsibility is like influencing the way that people are reacting like this way? Like everyone kind of wants to take it into their own hands and create their own rules. I think it probably influenced it. I feel like a lot of that influence also came from overseas, like in America. Yeah. Um, the way they've just ignored it the whole time, yeah. I think, has probably influenced it now. 
And now that we've kind of opened back up, we can kind of see what they've been dealing with for the last few years, which isn't great, if you ask me. I think the two years of lockdown was more than... Yeah. And it was the fatigue of it all. Was yeah. Kind of that led I to mean, it. the thought of going in again now another. is oh, absolutely horrible. Yeah, like, I actually think I would just die. Like, like heal I, over. I think I would need to book, like, 20 therapy sessions. Yeah, <laughs> for real. No, I think... <clears throat> George I don't want a lockdown, but, like, there was a sense of cathartic nature to it all. I don't know. I think I, it, I, I think we should have a three-day memorial life. every year of lockdowns <laughs> where we go into lockdown. It was... I kind of... You had I, no stresses. It was, like, not that... I had a lot got, of stresses. You got, you got payments each Friday. Well, was, I didn't get payments. I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't get payments. Yeah. So I still had to go to work. Yeah, I was... I found it very upsetting. I've, I no, don't lonely. get me wrong. I felt like in the moment, it was just... I just kind of, you know, put my head down and had to go through it. And then looking yeah. back, every time we came out, I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah, and now the, looking back now, like, I was really not having a good time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, in the moment, it didn't seem so bad. But when I look back, I'm like, oh. Good I find the opposite. <laughs> I thought what were those thoughts? <laughs> what was going on? I thought it was opposite. Like when I was in there, I was like, "Oh, this is the worst thing I've ever been." Now when I'm out, I'm like, oh, "Yeah, really? there was a few positives to it." I did like not Prim- going to school every day. Yeah, I did. That I loved that. Be- yeah. <laughs> what was that like? I said on TikTok all the time. Where it's like, um, "I'm sorry, but bring on another lockdown." Have you seen that one? Oh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, okay, my final question before we wrap up: Do you think with um, you know the prospect of having mandates implemented. I heard that joke last week and you were like, um, oh, that word. You used a really funny word and we, you guys laughed about it. Like, it's forced upon oh. or something. Oh, yeah. I was dying there. Yeah, anyway. I said something weird. I forgot. Implemented. Yeah. But um, do you think inflicted. that... Inflicted. inflicted. upon us. <laughs> do you think um, that, you know, states like ours and New South Wales will be very careful about how they handle the mandates because of the elections at the end of the year? Definitely. Yeah. Um, what do you think we're going to see? What's your forecast, Brian? My forecast? I was listening to the radio. I can't remember if it was Radio Melbourne or Radio National the other day, but when they came out and Marianne Thomas, the new health minister, was like, yeah, we got the advice from the CHO, but then ignored it and we're not putting a mandate in. Um, and they were saying on the radio that it was so, you know, that's just political, and I agree with that. I think it's – there's – it would have probably bad impacts for um, the government in some areas, maybe not in others, um, but I think there's definitely a portion of the population who would really disagree with that. And then, But they would disagree and they wouldn't wear the mask anyway, so it's mm. kind of like, well, stop whinging. See, so I, I, I don't think, over all of COVID, I don't think Dan Andrews really ever played politics. So, I don't know, maybe it wouldn't, line up with his nature of how he's handled COVID in general to do that during the election time. I, I think, think it was easy to not play politics when it's not an election. I, I mean, though. from mm. like, not just like politics about like state politics, but he was never George. going after like, he wasn't really until the end when he really went after Scott Morrison. He, he yeah. wasn't really going after like all the, you know, things that he could have gone like after. Yeah. He, yeah, I he, he, he had the chance. genuinely concerned about yeah. our safety. <laughs> Yeah, and no, I'm serious though. No, I feel like I he think, was really yeah. like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. He yeah. just felt genuine. It didn't feel political at times. At times, yeah. But I guess we'll have to see because I mean he doesn't just represent the whole Labor Party, so you know, mm. campaigning will be campaigning. 
take it away, Braddy. All right, so we're going to talk about Sri Lanka. So we have heard in the last few days there's been a bit of chaos. It's um, been the government, the president has fled the country and resigned. Um, what exactly has happened with the president is kind of unclear, um, but I've gone off what I could find <laughs> um, because a lot of different sites were saying very different things. Anyway, let's go back to 2019 when an economic downturn started after the Easter Sunday bombings in Colombo. So the Sri Lankan economy is very reliant on tourism, which makes up 12% of its GDP. So the pandemic caused chaos there. Um, since then, inflation has skyrocketed. It's hit 60% on food and 30% on consumer goods, um, which is a ridiculously high inflation rate. Um, so they ran out of foreign reserves, as in cash, to spend. So they couldn't import food or petrol or any of the other goods. So they're very reliant on imports as a country. Um, so that's kind of where the problems have started. <laughs> um, the president... Um, Mahinda Rajapaksa, whose brother is also the Prime Minister, had planned to make Sri Lanka an economic powerhouse with huge amounts of tourism and all that sort of, you know, everything that goes along with that. And it was going really well until they were basically overwhelmed by the volume of debt that they had to service. So they've also been accused of corruption and primarily of economic mismanagement. And this has led to massive protests that have been going on since March basically due to the fact that there are no um, fuel, there's no fuel available, there's very small amounts of food, and the UN has actually warned that four out of five people in Sri Lanka are having to skip meals. So um, part of their economic mismanagement has been implementing wide sweeping tax cuts um, despite advice otherwise. There's been Chinese investment and infrastructure projects that's put them in a debt trap like George loves to talk about. Um, and there have been laws that have decimated the agricultural sector, which is another really important part of its economy. It's defaulted on its debt and it's in talks with the IMF. Um, so now, because of the protests, they've implemented a curfew, they've restricted the internet, um, they've implemented blackouts, and the police have actually been given shoot-on-site orders in order to curb civil unrest. Um, and the value of the rupee is still so low that people can't afford basic goods and services. So in the protests that have really intensified in the last few days, people have been hit with tear gas and can be seen bleeding in photos and videos. And in a very dramatic turn of events, the president was evacuated from his residence and has fled the country. So the palace is still occupied and he is sent today a, res a letter of resignation from where he is in Singapore. Um, it's believed that his final destination is Saudi Arabia, but that's unconfirmed. Um, and the announcement of this letter of resignation has been accepted by the parliament, um, has been greeted by cheers and firecrackers in the streets. Um, the protesters still want the prime minister to resign, but he's not going anywhere as yet. <laughs> So protesters also took over the state television broadcaster and breached the Prime Minister's office. And there are some pretty powerful photos of them in the office as well. 
there have been tanks deployed in the streets in the last few days and a curfew is still in place. Um, and so something that I thought was quite interesting was that the prote- protesters have actually occupied the president's administrative office since April and they've turned it into a public library, which is still full of people despite the curfew. So the Guardian had a quote from Pradeep Madhushan, who was 22, who helped to set it up. Our protest is not just about bringing down our corrupt leaders. It's about knowledge and education and awareness. That's why we're keeping this library here for the people. So what do you guys think? What can we do as another country, to help Sri Lanka, which is in its worst economic crisis since its independence? I, like, I kind of think there's not heaps that we can do. Like, you can't really infringe with other people's... I get that there's geographical ties and everything to Sri Sri Lanka, but, you know, (laughs) I think we're not under, like, an, you know, EU... Yeah, we, we haven't got any obligation to i guess help them because you know i'm sure like you know with upcoming recessions and everything you know it's going to be everyone fend for themselves at this rate i think Mm. cosmopolitanism economically is not really (laughs) one for the future so i think um i think you know with all the economic troubles that you know so many countries having basically every state is happening um i don't really think there's going to be much assistance of any sorts to other countries Interesting. But yeah, that's, I mean, it's gloomy, but, you know, I, I think you've got to prioritise your own national interests at, at this rate. Yeah. Personally. I agree. Well, I mean, it'd be nice if that wasn't the case, but I yeah, think like you have a valid point. Yeah, realistically, yeah. And I mean, obviously, like, there's flowing effects when one country goes onto economic turmoil. Like, you can just look at the EU and if, like, it's just a domino effect of one like you know when Greece fell Mm. then Italy fell pretty shortly after so it's really just sure you want to create economic stability throughout your region but um at the same time um you know money is dry yeah um and every country is struggling so I'm just laughing the way George smiled (laughs) when he said that's so evil (laughs) that's like Boris sorry this is totally irrelevant it's like them's the breaks when Boris resigned I thought that was really funny, and now I'm saying that when it's like, oh, that's how it is. Them's the breaks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Sri Lanka stuff is quite sort of disheartening because, like, I think the motivation behind the protesters is really good, and you know, the idea of reducing corruption and. It's really bizarre seeing them all swim in his pool, though. Yeah, that was and the uh, undies hanging from the from the, from the chandelier or something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was that's like the <laughs> most. Crazy. Yeah, when you it's think like a, about like a revolution or of yeah. overthrowing of of governance, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not, like, and it doesn't normally start from a swimming pool. Fest. No, but I mean the photos I mean, are great though. When you think pool about party. it from that way though, it's they've done like they've done a, it. like a crazy thing. Yeah, totally. Like, can you imagine that having you? Well, do you yeah. differentiate it from the coup? Or not the attempted coup on January sixth in America. Yeah. Like Yeah. Well. Is this honorable and that dishonorable? Like where do you draw the line mm. between revolution? It's interesting. I mean I, I guess this... the motivation is yeah. very different and I mean the Sri Lankan yeah, protesters as... are not neo Nazis. <laughs> well <laughs> I, I like I, I agree, but I'm just saying it's it's hard to, you no, know, take sides on, on this like yeah. one one you know, I mean, I think each side of politics, you're crazy. Mm. So the one side, the other side thinks you're just as crazy as they are. Yeah. Go, Mimi. I was going to say, I, I get where you're coming from. I think it's usually blurry, but I think in this case, it's very clear. 
Like, I think it's an yeah, audible Yeah, but revelation. I kind of find it hard to articulate why. Do you know what I mean? I think it's because... Like, not really, but also kind of... It comes from a level of hardship and, yeah. you know, poverty and rather than... Like, rather than sort of entitlement. Having, yeah, like, exactly. decades of this one family ruling yeah. over you in a Yeah, it's a bit of a different from just... Way, like. Yeah, compared to being upset about election results, you know, that's... Yeah. yeah. Democratically, yeah. you know... <laughs> just sort elected. of throwing a little tantrum mm. rather than having a genuine grievance. Yeah. So how can we deal with the fallout from... I mean, there is a global food and fuel crisis because of Russia and Ukraine and also... I mean, my dad was just telling me the other day how a river in Italy is dried up, so we won't get any Arborio rice and our olive oil oh, stocks no. are going to go down the drain. What are we going to do? Well, everything's like, you know, we're going to see it in the next few months. All prices are going to go up mm. and the cost of living Even is just going to mm. exasperate more and more. It's exacerbate. Exasperate. I think it's exacerbate. Oh, You're not f- flustered. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Exasperate's um, like feelings lost. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, I was, I spent one hundred and thirty six dollars on petrol. Wow. Oh, wow. For a full sick. tank. It was pretty disheartening. Yeah. yeah. I was feeling and do you, exasperated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that um, Labor will keep the excise? Oh, um, I kind of do. I, okay. I kind of do. I think Albanese has mentioned that they won't. <gasps> he said they'd put it back, but like I. Don't know I think if people that will be will, very upset. I don't think the electorate will kind of take that. Like, you think that they won't allow him to I remove think it? He'll get a lot of criticism. Yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, all it. this. It, I mean, prices are so high and adding another 20 That's just one way to look at it. You know, like, if, if you get rid of the excise, you know, well, having the excise is very expensive and that just increases Australia's national debt, which. You know, it doesn't get a lot of mentions, but, you know, someone's got to repay all this debt that we're going in. I'm going to, I think... Won't well, be me. Oh God, I feel like I'm back in echoes. Yeah, but we're about to hit about a trillion dollars of debt right now. 1.2, um, if you will. 1.2. You know, that, that's that's going to be catastrophic. If if we think, you know, paying 22 cents, 22 cents extra is bad, wait till we yeah, hit... Yeah, but we're people. We're not a government. I'm going to let you think about what yeah, you just said Brian. then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, George. Jeez. Okay, yeah. The no. people aren't the government is I what mean, we're saying. Surely oh, yeah, he'll, okay. he'll have to either do the excise or the um, or the COVID payments. You should have to pick yeah, one. Can he do both? A compromise, yeah. if, mm. you <laughs> if you will. And then there's the question of how this that impacts inflation and everything. Mm. Not that I think it impacts inflation as much as taxing certain individuals more but you know it's um it's life we're living and yeah it's it's gonna be only uphill from now for the foreseeable future um it's probably i don't think any of us were well none of us were old enough to really understand the consequences of or well australia didn't even go through it but like of the 2008 recession um Mm -hmm. in america obviously australia kind of avoided that but um i think we're gonna see um you know a rising cost of living that no one's really seen before or at least in yeah. our lifetimes as well, young people on a happy note <laughs> maybe <laughs> i will mention that there's certain products at Woolworths that they are not changing the prices on they're there keeping them the same oh <laughs> yeah they're only Woolworths products though <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but it's been a very hectic week of changing because do you know that's my job guys oh you do the price labels. i change the price labels oh. so it's been Big job Mimi. hectic lately <laughs> i'm pulling putting everything up and i cop abuse every day so how much people are things tell past. us the price of something 
Oh, well, Wait, so how much on, like, average are you seeing things go up in price? Like, every day I have to change the pricing. Yeah. And it goes up so every many, single day. Not every day, but there's so many items that, like... You have to do some. Like, I'm not day. doing the same... Like, yeah, it takes me a few days is what I'm trying to say, yeah. What, what yeah. have you seen? Know, like, like, something... General, like, like veggies? Milk? Milk. 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 Okay. Everything. And I always cop the abuse. People come up to me and see me do it, and they go, oh, there's inflation. Yeah. I'm like, do you reckon I'm in the computer yeah. doing it? <laughs> Making I'm the inflation. I'm just putting them up. Like <laughs> <laughs> me. Yeah. Anyway. Maybe you could put a nice sticker on them. Yeah, a little heart like, or something. Yeah. yeah. Take it away, George. Just go for it. Yeah, so we're a bit <laughs> Don't rushed. have much time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll fit this massive segment into like a couple of minutes, but anyway. Um, so the foot and mouth disease has been something that's um, unfortunately propped up in Indonesia. Um, obviously, with how close it is to Australia, it's cause for concern, especially all the Bali travellers yeah, like George. myself. Yep. I, <laughs> hey, I, I cleaned my shoes, like oh, they geez. said. What did they do at customs? Did they Nothing. actually do anything? They, oh. I. Like, you sh- you'd think, like, beforehand they should have had a bit of a precautions put in place. Yeah, something. A bit of a trap. I don't know if you can screen through. it. A bit of cow humor. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. drink out of a trap. <laughs> yeah, okay. Thanks, baby. Um, but no, yeah, I, I don't know if they can screen it um, on humans at least. It, I'm sure maybe there's a very lengthy process that they've got to go through. But um, there's not going to be any, like, quarantining for humans because it's not really transmissible through humans, more, like, human, like, objects and, you know, suitcases and shoes. And you don't really contract it, or you can, but you don't – it's, like, it's not common. Anyway, you don't get sick. Like, it could you be on you, sick. but it's not going to, like, yeah, get into Yeah, exactly. Your like, body. you can transmit it potentially. But it's um, not like COVID where you catch it no, and you give no. it to George and then I catch it and then I give it to me and then, you know. No, but speaking, like, that being said, it is very transmissible amongst animals. Like, it could be transmitted through purely just wind. Like, that's how bad it could be and, like, how... It's an airborne disease, It's an airborne. Say? It's an airborne disease, but, like, even more so than, like, we've ever had to deal with COVID. Like, it's... If there's, like, a cyclone from, like, you know, a kilometre away, you know, A comes few across. ventilators isn't going to fix it. No, a few, yeah, ventilators is not... So, air purifiers is not yeah. the solution this time. <laughs> um, but, yeah, basically, to put it into perspective, it's estimated by um, the FMD that it could cost about $80 billion for, the, for Australia over a decade. Um, and it's pretty saddening what would happen to a lot of the livestock and cattle. Um, basically, if it does come into Australia, um, you'll basically have to cull a lot of the population um, of cattle and sheep and a lot of, you know, farm animals, I guess. Um, so it's, yeah, it's pretty drastic what could happen. They're saying that there's about, around about a 20% likelihood of it coming into Australia. That's according to the Federal Department of Agriculture. Um, purely, like, that's gone up by about 10% since it was before. And they're always monitoring this because there's been instances where in, like, the UK in 2001 where there was a big outbreak and in some towns, like, I was listening to the ABC News Daily and they were saying how they had to they were, had to cull millions of sheep and there was basically, they had to burn it and bury it to purely stop the transmission because it can even be, you know, transmitted after death and everything so they had to bury it and everything and the whole place smelled for like the next three months or something oh because they of like rotten like meat and stuff it was really horrifying Lovely. things i know I, I, <laughs> it sounds horrible here but it's just i'm trying to emphasize how scare us with the 
hard facts. Yeah. You've got to scare people to get your point across reality. sometimes, I think. Um, yeah, a bit of a bit of reality inflicted on all of us. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and there's been talk about maybe a Bali travel ban, which, you know, probably unlikely to happen, but, you know, if we're really serious about putting precautions in place, um, it might be some of the positions we have to take because... Not only will it affect the economy, but um, it will destroy a lot of livelihoods, um, and a lot of a lot of, you know, a lot of farms will have to you know shut down, and it will affect the whole supply chain, and you know obviously there'll be a lot of casualties um, involved with that. So, bearing all this in mind, um, to try and keep it quick, I guess should we like what kind of precautions should we be looking at to prevent this from coming into Australia? Is it travel bans that we could maybe impose or Maybe some other avenues. I don't think travel bans. Look, I don't think it's realistic. And given we've just come off a couple of years of full travel bans, yeah. I just don't think it's something that they're going. It's to just put Indonesia, in place. though. Like it's not it a is. worldwide. But Indonesia's, you know, it's one of my closest yeah. neighbors. And if you ask idea. Paul Keating, <laughs> what's your idea, Mimi? My idea is that we don't do travel bans, but maybe people who go to Bali can't go to rural. Areas. But how are you going to for a few weeks? Well, I don't know. But yeah. it's it's pretty. It's a dream, Brady. <laughs> we don't need to put the logistics in place. Okay. <laughs> I mean, suggestion. It's Fair a, enough. It's a, suggestion. Good, <laughs> it's a good suggestion. <laughs> well, wait, no, but Bali is very like agrarian. It's it's not as you know urbanized as. Um, no, Melbourne is. no, I mean, once you get to Australia, oh, sorry, I you thought you meant in Bali, you can't. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess like, like you know, but George, even then, you're it, coming back to Melbourne, what type of cattle are you going to have in contact with? Yeah, but it could be like I give it to someone else who gives it to someone. Well, once it gets in, it's in. Right. Like, that's the point. Yeah. That's what um, like officials have said. As soon as it comes in, there's no stopping it. The, the only next solution is to cull, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, obviously no one wants to go through that. Um, I mean, in Indonesia, they're kind of taking a different approach right now. Yeah, um, what are they doing? They're doing more a vaccine, trying to protect oh, the whole thing. I didn't even think about a vaccine. I think if they could do a vaccine or just develop some sort of screening program, that would be practical. There's there's difficulties with that because of how quickly it does transmit. And once once infected, you know, you can just about assure yourself that the whole farm mm. Um, mm. and all the livestock has been infected. So there's been talks about, like, almost... Um, I don't know whether they're specifically putting in something like in the ear to kind of track like everything about in every the cow's single. Ear. Yeah, or I'm I'm not sure which animals they're going after specifically, but they're trying to like you know digitally you know see where everyone where all the animals all the history and everything. Um, but yeah, that's just an idea Random. to track them, kind of contact mm. tracing again, um, <laughs> but you know in a Cat. weird form. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of it's pretty pretty drastic for yeah. there's been a lot of efforts to help indonesia right now um australia has done a lot to um help with vaccines um countries like brazil and france have done a lot because obviously like some of them have vested interests with all the exports that they have to and obviously the amount that australia depends on our exporting um especially like in that industry in agriculture um like economically i can't even imagine how how bad it would be because all mm. countries would shut export with australia as well so it's not going to be good if it does happen, um, and especially since Australia's never really gone through it before for at least the last 150 years. So, yeah, um, yeah. fun times not ahead. No, no, fun, not for yeah. the cows, anyway. Not f- <laughs> anyway, we've been anyway. a bit savage today. Yeah, yeah it's really not been, been a very uplifting show, has it? No, it hasn't been. 
but nonetheless, it's time for it to end. Okay, thanks for joining us today. As always, you can catch us up on Spotify or Omni. Um, up next is Amplify, so make sure to tune in then. And remember to stay political. You've been listening to a Sin Media podcast where young people run the show.